You're listening to the Power Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own. Hello, hello. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert, and I am super, super excited today to have with me one of the most lovely people in the world, Melanie Dunlap. She is, if if I had to describe her in a, a small sentence, which would be very difficult, I would say she's just the epitome of, like, the Earth Mother. Like, this woman exudes, like, that really amazing, um, just solid, like, loving, creative Earth energy. Um, to be in her presence, like, you feel it, you know it, you sense it. It takes you back to um, eons before just being around her. She happens to be the founder of the People's Spirit Enrichment Center and the winner of the 2015 Best Natural Healing Center Award. Um, her place is amazing. Um, she also does a goddess conference every year, the last weekend in October. So if you're out in the Phoenix area, that's an amazing event to take part in um, and to just, just gather for in this amazing energy she's created. So, Melanie, welcome, and thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Tanya. I'm excited to be here. Yay, so cool. Well, the first question we ask everybody, we throw right into it. We say, you know, what are your superpowers? Well, I think my, my superpower is um, experience. I've been playing with holistic therapies and herbs and plants and the earth for well over two decades. And just being able, like you said in the intro, being that grounded person. Um, I think that's, that's one of my biggest superpowers. That and um, a huge knowledge of herbs. Oh, absolutely. I agree with that completely. And, and it doesn't surprise me because we tend to attract a lot of people who are kind of living these um, like integrated existences. So I, th- I think the um, connotation around herbs and kind of a lot of people would have a stereotype around people who do healings and this and that are kind of always floating around like that's their energy. And, and that groundedness brings us back to, like I said, to, to subcultures that tended to the earth. And I love the fact that, yes, you do herbology and you also are of the earth. Like you are in it. You grow them. You... Um, you live in harmony with that, and, and it's, it's just a nice combination of, like you said, that real groundedness in conjunction with real etheric kind of energetic concepts. Would you agree with that description? Absolutely, and, and you know, I, I originally trained with herbs in um, the western, uh, the mountains of western North Carolina in the Appalachians there, and so when you say that about growing herbs, living here in the desert... Um, that's work. Yes, <laughs> it know, is. Coming from back east, it was like, oh, throw the seed out, go out, pick it. <laughs> um, in fact, I was out this morning, I was gathering the last of my chamomile that had bloomed, uh, you know, and gathering that. And so I do, I do grow some of the herbs that I use in my practice, but I can't grow nearly enough. And I actually spend um, probably, I, I tell my herb garden that, if it will grow simply on love, I'll have the biggest garden anywhere. Um, <laughs> but it takes a little bit more than that. So I'm in, you know, right now I'm in, I'm becoming a master gardener, um, uh-huh. and going through that program and and learning a whole lot about that. So um, yeah, I'm I'm fully believe you don't have to you don't have to have a big huge 
overgrown garden that's just gorgeous and all of that kind of stuff in order to be a good gardener. Sometimes it's just a few yeah. well-kept things. Oh, I like that. That's beautiful. Yeah, we learned that lesson the hard way. We had nine acres just south of Tucson at one point in time, and we were going to grow all of our own food. And, and we raised, you know, chickens and rabbits and everything. But, gosh, the desert is <laughs> – I remember, I remember talking to my grandmother. She was still alive. She was living in Kansas. And when I told her that we sold dirt and worms, she laughed at me. And I was like, no, Grandma, you don't understand. Like, they, they don't live out here naturally. Like, you have to – you have mm-hmm. to ship them in, like, like they're not. And she's like, "Well, why can't you just go get a shovel and go dig up the ground outside behind the barn?" And I was like, "Okay, Grandma, no, it's, it's not like that here." You know, we were we were selling vermicompost and worms for pretty hefty sum because it was so sought after. Um, and it, gosh, it does. It takes it takes a lot of time and love, and um, and then, and then sometimes it's just learning that that the desert's going to do what the desert's going to do. <laughs> Well, and you're right, though. I mean, you have to, and, and I, this, this shows up in my own work as well as in, my, in creating the center, you have to create all of the pieces that you need. So mm-hmm. we, do, we, we actually do the vermicomposting, so we have worms that we feed and they make compost for us. We have our compost bin outside. We have our chickens. <laughs> you know, we're doing everything we can to try yep. and create what we need. And... You know, there's a we, we laugh about needing that in the desert, but that's also for me that's a personal lifestyle. That's that's me, you know, um, reducing my footprint just a little bit, and mm-hmm. really being involved with what goes in my body, what I, you know, what I take into my environment, mm-hmm. and and how I want to live. Because, I, you know, I as a as a small business owner. I spend way more time than I want to in front of my computer. Mm. But by having, I mean, something as simple as chickens, I make myself get up and go out and hang out with them. I mean, I was very excited yesterday morning to put on my old clothes and go out and do my chores because the chicken coop needed to be cleaned out. You know, <laughs> it, it almost forces me back to what I love because, I mean, you know, when you run a business, sometimes that gets, to be your single focus, and you have to be able to step back. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that, I, I hear that. That's what I do with with the events that I put on and on with the private clients that I see. It's like, okay, let's step back and let's find you. What do you need? What does your soul need? You know, I I, I wish that I could just be in that place all of the time and, you know, living my soul's dream and dancing around in my superwoman costume. But sometimes there are, life gets in the way. It kind of drags us down. It gets attached to us even. And mm-hmm. sometimes we need, like you and I were talking about, a friend or a coach or someone to kind of shake us loose and say, okay, what do you want? Mm-hmm. What feeds you? Well, and just being reminded that it's possible. I think that um, you know that's that's the biggest part that the net the network of evolutionary transformation serves for people. You know, when I was doing my coaching practice, my single coaching practice, um, you know, people moved very fast. Like that, moving them into the abstract, into alignment in the consciousness world, it was easy. It was keeping them there, and it was you know. And I kept looking. I'm a you know researcher at, at heart, and so it's like, what is not working? Here? Like, why are people slipping back in? And, and it dawned on me that 
everything in our external environment before we move into that alignment in the abstract completely. Everything in our external environment, friends, family, circumstances, everything supports an image of the world that we are trying to leave. And so when you, and, and it just constantly affirms that existence for you. And so it's really difficult on some level if you don't surround yourself with the people who are actually living at the vibrational level that you want to live. It's very easy to slip back into because, and that is the game. Like, you know, I tell people all the time, your knowingness will not fight for your attention. It won't do it. It sits and waits for you to choose it. And all these other pieces of you will fight and scrap to convince you that the world that you have been living in is reality. And it is quite the struggle for some folks. And it gets to the point where it's like, you know, your knowingness has already gone so far ahead, it's not coming back, you know. Um, it's, it's not coming back at all. And, and what happens is that people get further and further away from that. And so it, it's fascinating to, when you can open people's eyes to the fact that, you know, yes, that is real life right now. But once people get to that tipping point and they're spending more time in the abstract versus that material world frequency, now they're able to kind of look back at that world and go, oh, wait, that looks awfully fictitious at this point in time. You know, but when you're immersed in it, it's difficult. to see. It's like the matrix. You know, once you unplug from the matrix, it's like, oh, wow, and your eyes just open up to it. So it's really, um, you know, I'm glad that you brought that up because it, um, you know, we, we're, that's the game. You know, that's what we're all going through. And I, and I love the fact that you're able to kind of equate that with, you know, here you are, this amazing earth mother, this amazing, you know, herbologist, like you've healed people and all of this other stuff, and you're able to say, and at the same time, this is a challenge for me right now. Like I, you know, and so that, that's that transparent piece that, that we love to promote um, in what we do because it really is about all of us and, and being willing to journey in the presence of others. So that, that's well, I, beautiful. Thank you. And I think that what we're, what we're really after is to be able to be ourselves no matter what world we're in. You know, because I go, I go from tending the chickens to going into Phoenix to go to a meeting of the National Association of Women Business Owners. You know, we, we do sometimes what seems like polar opposites, in our everyday lives. But the real trick, I think, for me anyway, is to carry that groundedness with me, to, to be that authentic who I am. I, you know, I was listening to you introduce me, which is always interesting to hear other people introduce you. And because we do know one another, you know, that's what I try to do is to carry that groundedness for people to realize that and, and to... For me, I almost feel like, uh, you know, if I can go by and kind of um, wash you over with a little groundedness, you'll go, oh, yeah, okay, I'm, I'm not where I want to be. And, you know, and, and so I, when I work with my clients, I tell them, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, how can I get better in this? And, you know, how can I stay in this place? You know, it's, it's a practice. We, we do it, and we're really good, and we're really solid, and we got this under control and then the very next day, we feel like the ground fell out from under us. Yeah, so it's how do we find ourselves when the ground isn't under us? And for me, it's about really, really recognizing when I'm in that good space. 
For, yeah, in my languaging, I, I call it um, kind of showing up in that full expansion. Mm-hmm. So the way I describe that journey is like we're constantly like finding those pieces of ourselves and rebuilding our foundation. And when we have that foundation solid underneath of us because we've brought enough of our pieces back in, we can then expand out from that place. And it is amazing. And that's that experience you're talking about. When you're on and you're in expansion, like people are mesmerized. It's like moths to a flame. Like they want it. It doesn't matter what you're selling. It doesn't matter what you're saying. Like people are, are clamoring for it because we are starving for that kind of affirmation to be shown people who are showing up fully. And, and it's, like, it's like we're waiting to see if anybody else is going to do it to know if it's safe for us to do. And so I always tell people who do this kind of work, you know, there's always somebody watching you. There's always somebody wondering if it's safe for them to show up fully, if, if they can be uniquely themselves, and if it's okay, because we have a big collective story in our, um, in our society around that it's not safe to go against the rules of the tribe. I mean, we have witch burnings, and we've got um, Holocaust, and we've got all kinds of examples in our world of, and in our collective consciousness of, it, of times when we have proof that it's not safe to go outside of the rules of whatever the tribe is. And so that's what we're in the process of fighting against right now and transmuting is saying, no, damn it, like we can do it this way. And it is safe. And this is the time to show up in that full expansion and to be able to do this work and have a business and have a family and play with chickens and do all these things. Like we don't have to sacrifice any of that stuff this time. We can show up and do this work, you know, the work of, of moving people into consciousness and evolution and not have to live some sort of prescribed lifestyle. And from that place, when you're in that space, now you can go back and play with all of those personas that you want to play with because you know that's not who you are. And it's not disingenuous. Those are just personas you play with here. And it's fun, and people, that's how you connect with people and help move them. Um, and that's a totally different game than feeling like, they, that, like those personas define who you are. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I tell people, I say, I'm, I'm a diamond. I have so many different facets. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, and I can shine brightly from any one of them. You know, I've, I've worked on fire trucks and ambulances and emergency vehicles. I've driven a, an 18-wheeler, my husband and I drove together. I drive a motorcycle. I run women's groups. You know, I mean, so we, I think when you talk about that expansion, I think it's giving us the permission to explore all of those different sides of ourselves. Oh, because absolutely. We come from a history of, you know, generations of, you go to work, you work for 35 years, you retire, um, you hope you don't get sick before you can travel a little bit. You know, I mean, we, we're, we're, we're breaking out of that, okay, well, this, this is who you are, this is how we define you. Um, we, don't, we don't do that anymore. We change jobs, we move, we, you know, we, um, we travel uh, sometimes we don't have homes. I know you've you've done that. I've done that. I've had times where <laughs> I did not have a home. I, you know, we, um, my husband and I, we went across country on a motorcycle. There were three months. We got sold everything we had in California. We were going back to North Carolina. We had nothing. We didn't have a home. Nobody knew where we were from day to day. 
Um, you know, so we're, I think we're more accepting of those kinds of um, experiences for people now. Oh, absolutely. And we, and, you know, you know, yeah, I think we traveled full time for two and a half years. And it's, mm-hmm. and what that, what that emulated for me was this idea that we're just desperately seeking freedom and the freedom to be who we are and to live our lives and to be fully um, transparent. And, and it's so interesting because those last remaining pieces before people move into alignment in the abstract are the most resistant to being vulnerable. We have a perception of that vulnerability being a weakness, and it's through those vulnerabilities that we actually find our greatest strength and freedom. And, it's, and on the other side of that, you look back going, gosh, why did I make that into such a big deal? Like, like it was like, why would I hold on to those stories? You know, but, but it is a, 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 that last remaining anchor into what our lives looked like before um, that keeps us there. And, it's, and when you can detach from that and you really are like, wait, who says? You know, we were just talking to um, our 15-year-old today. We, we have her here for spring break, and we, uh, we were going over that, and it was like, question everything like who says you have to do things that way and who says you have to you know go to the doctor and who says you have to take this medicine and who says that you have to make this decision and who says you have to play that role like who came up with that and when you start to really look into that um it it, it illuminates a lot of the stuff that we took on that was never really ours to begin with you know and that's the that's the stuff that we're transmuting are you here to change the world Do you talk about things like vibration, frequency, awakening, and consciousness? Are you pretty sure you have superpowers? The Superpower Net is unlike normal coaching programs and conscious communities. We provide training, intuitive guidance, peer-to-peer learning, intensive one-on-one coaching, and a high vibrational network of people just like you. When you join the net, you get 24-7 access to a collaborative group of people who support you as you master your personal power and unlock your superpowers. If you're ready to use your superpowers to change the world, then join the Superpower Net today. Visit superpowerexperts.com slash the net to learn more. But I love your... um your diamond analogy. I use that all the time with my clients um, to explain how we reflect things for each other and how we can only really reflect what's in between like the two facets that are meeting up with someone else and, and to help people understand that it's impossible for somebody to truly know us because of how multifaceted we are. I mean, we're just trying to know ourselves. Um, and, and, and on the flip side, it's impossible for us to truly know somebody else in all of their facets, but where we can meet in those high vibrations there is no separation between us, you know, but if we're trying to understand people here, it's like get that all you can see is what they're reflecting to you. But if you choose to meet them in a place of higher vibration, you are them, they are you, and there's a completely synergistic knowingness about who you are, which is beautiful. Well, and I think, you know, sometimes, sometimes we don't realize how hard it's going to be to be authentic. You know, for me, I believe that's why organized religions do so well. It's so much easier to go and have someone say, okay, this is what you need to do in order to be right. This is, when you do this, you're wrong. And, and to have someone lay that out for you, to, to find yourself and to be on your own spiritual journey is a tough thing. Because there's, 
you're figuring it out for yourself and does it feel good and does it feel good and sometimes oftentimes when when we are waking up we're not always surrounded by people that are on a waking up journey as well and so we're going against what we know and what we're taught and like you said the environment around us the people that are around us um so sometimes it gets it gets hard it's hard to find your own path and, and to find out who you are. Um, and, of course, you know, the society that we're living in has its own underlying messages of if you're not this, then you're not worthy. And um, so it's, you know, it's, I say it's two steps forward and one step sideways. Because like you said, I, my soul never goes back, but sometimes it steps off the path like it's sitting on the bench waiting. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's. I'm hearing you, and I I, I feel exactly where you're at. And um, the it, it is. I I have a I have a theory, and and I've yet to to hear information that would counter it, which doesn't surprise me because I don't think I will attract information that would counter it. Um, the is that we get to a certain point in our evolution where it is impossible to move forward alone. And you have to ask for help and be guided into it um, because in the abstract frequency, there is no separation between us and we have to come together and be totally authentic and transparent with each other in that space. And in order to do that, we have to be willing at that point in time to say, I can't do this alone. Like, I can't. It's not like, not, not just, oh, I need help with my business or, oh, I need support, you know, with childcare, or, oh, I need this. It, it's not that at all. It is literally like my soul's experience needs to now combine with others. And, um, and I find people at that crossroads doing two things that are potentially damaging. One is most of us have built up personas around being an expert in something. And so to find ourselves at a place where it's like, no way I need somebody to hold my hand on this is really disconcerting because we've developed an entire identity around the fact that we guide other people in this area and that signings people and then the other thing that they'll do is they'll reach to people who aren't sitting in that higher vibrational space and all those people can do is continually affirm the techniques that already got them to the point in development where they're at those techniques don't help moving into the abstract and so they're constantly spinning their wheels and then they quickly develop a story that well that didn't work therefore Nobody can help me, you know, I, I'm not going to spend money with somebody. You know, it's all of those stories that we hear people talking about with coaches and guides and gurus and everything else. And, um, and again, that was a big problem that, that I saw, and that's why we developed personal power experts the way that we did because um, it doesn't need to cost your life savings to move into this space. And the quickest way to do it, I mean, honestly, we have people who do it in a week, two weeks, and, and there's people peddling 12-month programs, and it's like, it doesn't take any time. It's a choice, and it's, a, it's an ability to open your eyes to what that looks like on the other side. And so, you know, when we really kind of broke it down like that, it's like, wow, like this is fat. And people are moving so fast because they're coming together and they get that cellular confidence. And so, you know, but it's like nobody's talking about this. Nobody wants to say, oh, by the way, this doesn't take very much time at all you don't have to pay me for 12 months of coaching. Like, like nobody's saying that because everybody's kind of struggling with the idea that, 
um, that it's not working anymore. You know, the, these processes and these programs that people have put together get people to a certain level of awareness, but they don't take them any further. And um, those businesses are struggling. And so we see this real perpetuation in the personal development, spiritual growth arenas that nobody's really talking about. It's like the giant elephant in the room. And it's like, okay, if that's not working, let's do something different. <laughs> like, like, let's figure out a different model. Um, and so it's like, I, you know, I hear what you're saying in there, and I think you've absolutely pinpointed exactly what the issue is for a lot of people who are, their knowingness is very clear. Like, I see, every, I see that, that full expanded beingness of everybody and who they are. They're already there, you know. There are, and people ask, "Well, how do I know when I get there?" I'm like, "You're there." <laughs> like, like now you just have to choose to associate with that, and it throws people off. They're like, "Wait, I don't have to do a lot of work to get there. Like, I don't have to. Like, there isn't some 12-step program. There's not, you know." And it's it's so fascinating um, to hear you be able to kind of you, you encompass it in your own languaging with regard to. Um, I, I, I think you've really encapsulated what the issue is for so many people. That's powerful. Well, and, and that's why I think the, the experiences that I create at the Peaceful Spirit Enrichment Center are so important. Um, you know, we do, um, we do full moon labyrinth walks every month. And in fact, this month we're coming up on our 100th um, full moon labyrinth walk Yay! In, in March. And, you know, it wasn't, I didn't set out to create this full moon phenomenon. We do that. You know, I never, I never thought of 100 full moon walks. In fact, it kind of snuck up on me. Uh, when I started doing it, it was like, oh, I want to do this, and I, I want to bring people together. And that's, that's the basis of what I do is, is getting people to have an experience. Because you're right, we can, we can talk about things, and we can talk about things, and sometimes we talk things to death. Um, but when we actually have that experience and we feel that tribe, we feel that support. We do women's circles. It's something I, I do, I love, and I've been drawn to forever. Um, growing up, I had, a, I had a rough childhood. I was lucky I met my husband at 19. You know, we've been married 30 years, 32 years now technically. Um, but I was looking for a safe place. The universe sent me him. That was wonderful. Over five years ago, I, I decided I wanted to put on the Arizona Goddess Conference. It's an annual event. It's the last weekend in October. I decided in June I wanted to put this October event on. Everybody said, are you nuts? And I said, well, probably, but I'm going to do this. And... I, you know, I said this is something I just came up with and something I really think is important to do. I said I want to create this safe space for women to come together to explore what it means to be a divine feminine woman. What is the goddess within us? What does she want? And I, I was telling people and I was talking about it and I'd, I'd, I'd put together some, um, some really amazing women to help me um, get it off the ground and I was talking about it and, and I said, you know, wow, I just came up with this idea and it's really wonderful. And, and my husband looked at me and he said, for as long as I've known you, you've wanted to create a safe space for women. And it Aww. really kind of set me back because I thought, well, what are you talking about? 
And so I really started unpacking that, and I'm like, oh, my God, yes. You know, I remember back in, you know, the late 80s, standing out in front of, of Planned Parenthood clinics because people were yelling at women that went in and standing guard for that, you know, and, mm. and, and having women in. And we would do, you know, I, I would have women that would come and, and would stay with us a little while because they were trying to get themselves together. We would always do the, you know, we call them Orphan Christmas and Orphan Thanksgivings. You know, the, the parties were always at my house and not the, you know, not the, teenage get drunk parties, but the birthday parties and the wedding receptions, you know, those, those kind of group things were always at wherever I was, no matter what I had. And so when I really started looking back at that, and I remember when I met him, I was running from an unsafe environment in my own head and physically. And then ran into him and I knew even at 19 I knew there's got to be a safe space for women mm-hmm. and and we you know we think of that and we think of shelters and we think of all of those things and and those are forefront of our mind and that's wonderful and all of that needs to stay and we need to be supporting that even more but there's a group of women and and hopefully the majority of women we're not in imminent danger but we're in danger of losing ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that Beautiful. going back to that circle of women, that's how we learn. That's how it's passed down to us. That's what's in our DNA. We were the gatherers. We would go out in groups and we would, we would teach each other, this is the berry that's, that's going to help with this illness. This is the plant that we want to gather now. It, and it, it's not quite ready, so we're going to come back and we're going to watch it. We can't take all of it because we have to prepare for next year. We have to leave it there. That is a huge piece of what we need as women. And while feminism is a great thing, with feminism we swung the pendulum all the way back to the other side and we tried to be like men. We wore Mm -hmm. the suits and we did those sorts of things, but that's not what makes us strong. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we do a women's group up here month and we sit in a circle and yeah we come with an idea of what we're going to talk about but sometimes we you know we just start talking about this quality of maybe it's from a goddess card and this goddess and what quality does that bring forward in us and just to have that you know I've I've sat with my sisters and we've gotten each other through some pretty hard things just within that circle. And it's, it's not about going and getting something. It's about going, like you said, going, being seen and being heard. I love that. that and it's, and that's, that is the essence that I feel from you. That is absolutely who you are and what you embody. And that connection with the earth is so pivotal. Um, I've seen that come up in a really big way um, across the board collectively um, is really, you know, respecting what the earth has to teach us and that earth energy matrix. And, and I, I feel you playing a really pivotal role in that. And so I honor you for that. And I appreciate that um, because I have a lot to learn in that area. Did, um, one of the things that, you know, I'm, I'm lost in the conversation, of course, as I typically get, uh, so I do kind of need to bring it back around. But uh, one of the questions that, you know, our listeners um, have asked for is, is what advice can you offer to people who really want to hone their own superpowers? The biggest advice I would give people is it's okay for it to be 
all about you. And if we talk about our own superpower, it has to be all about us. We're, we get so caught up in comparison. I mean, I'm just as guilty as someone else. There are a lot of herbalists out there. Do I say I'm an herbalist? Okay, well, maybe I do. But I, you know, then you start comparing yourself to other people. Your superpowers, even what I know as an herbalist, is not like other people, you know. And, and there are people ahead of me on the path, and there are people behind me on the path. So I just need to be exactly where I am. And mm-hmm. you are perfect exactly where you are, no matter how screwed up your world is, no matter <laughs> you know, how many disconnect notices are sitting on your desk, no matter how many of your family members you don't get along with, you are still perfect exactly where you are. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm 52 now, and I'm at that place in my life where I can look back and I have enough history to see, okay, I created that, I created this. You know, so we start to see ourselves in it. And some of the things that I did that were really sucky to go through give me the strength to be who I am today and to be making a difference in other people's lives and to be able to be of service. Mm-hmm. So we don't don't judge. Mm-hmm. No judgment. I like I love that. I love that. And then lastly we like to do our live in your power stories. Do you have a, an example of a time when you followed your intuition and um, you know kind of what that yielded? Well yes in a in a kind of an abstract way because it's intuition but it's one thing that comes to mind where i felt so in my power and just walked through it from that space and that actually was recently it was um this january um i had been estranged from my mother and my sister for 25 years so 25 years ago my mother moved didn't tell me her new address um, so I lost touch with her. My sister found me on Facebook. Now, my sister, the last time I saw her, was 12 years old. She now has a grown daughter. And so I remember when that came up on the Facebook page, she said, we've been looking for you. How are you? And all I could do was sit and cry because I had built so much up around, I don't have family, I was deserted, all that. And all I could do was sit there and look and go, what does this do to my story? My story's always been, I'm abandoned. I'm not, you know, what does this do to my story? I got that Facebook message on Thursday. I talked to my mother and my sister on the phone on Saturday. Saturday I had plane tickets to leave in a month, in four weeks. And so I went. And what I knew was I had been fine before I got the Facebook message, I was going to be fine afterwards, but I had to go see what was there. I had to go answer that what if. And so I went, and I, it was almost a very surreal out-of-body experience because I saw myself, and I felt strong, and I knew this is, I'm going to accept this for just what it is because I don't need this to be who I am and that was such a powerful freeing thing and it was such a shift for me um, 
it was also very interesting because in you know being there several days one conversation i had with my um, my niece uh, she looked at me and she said you know you should be a life coach you should do this for a living. I'm like, oh, that's a heck of an idea. <laughs> and the other time I was talking to my sister, and she's like, oh, my God, you should do this for people. You should, like, be a life coach, and you should. Oh, and I'm my like, goodness. Oh, that's a heck of a... So that was an interesting thing to, to, you know, because I didn't, we think that our guests, or at least I do, you know, my guests, I have to turn it on. I never mm-hmm. have to turn it on. It, well, I didn't go in there to help them with a problem to coach them, to teach them, they started talking. I started offering my perspective. Mm-hmm. And, and so it, it's who I am. And so that mm. was just really huge for me to realize, okay, this is just who I am. It's going <laughs> to ooze out of me. You know, if, if I, heaven forbid, were to have to have a job in an office, and when I was in corporate America, that's what I did. People would come to me and they would tell me these things and sometimes they would sit down at the chair at their desk and I would be supposedly teaching them something on the computer while I'm actually doing energy work to release the headache that they have. You know, mm-hmm. so uh, those sorts of things, that's just, that's always been who I am. So those things that you feel are so natural to you, those are your gifts. We to learn or struggle or something like that. The first time I did an herb class, I was I was going to teach how to do salves and stuff, and I'm like, oh my god! I said to my husband, I'm like, why would anybody pay to come and do this? This is so simple. And he looked at me and said, it's simple to you. How long have you been studying this? This is who you are. It's not simple to other people. And I went, oh yeah, okay. And as I pulled all of my stuff out, and still to this day, when I do classes, I have so much stuff, and I tell people, you know. This is 20 years of collecting. <laughs> so this is, I love know, it. Don't expect you're going to go home and have all of this on yourselves. This is 20 years of, of following this. So that which comes to you that lights you up, that's your superpower. I love it. Yeah, that is so perfect. I, I remember one time looking at my husband going, what? people just pay me to talk to them. And he's like, oh, honey. Like, <laughs> but I'm like, I do this all the time, like 24-7, and, and it is. And people, you know, I think we operate under this misconception that our superpowers is an amazing thing that we have to, like, hone and develop. And for sure you have to relax into it. And if you're curious, you have to study whatever the material is. But, but it does. It's just so natural. Like, it's the easiest thing in the world. We have, you know, one of our experts, I'll never forget a conversation. She's like, what that's just me and I was like exactly she's like you just want me to be me I'm like yes you (laughs) in all of your gloriousness that's all we ever want you know so what a beautiful wrap-up I'm so glad that you shared that story with us I think it's perfect and um what a good reminder to people like it is safe to be uniquely you and just find the courage somewhere deep inside to step through that and then watch how your world transforms Absolutely beautiful. Well, I know people are going to want to find you. Melanie, where do you want us to send them? Uh, the, the website is PeacefulSpiritCenter.com. Mm, beautiful. And it is a very peaceful place to be. So if you are ever in the New River area or in the Phoenix area, take the, take the time to drive up to New River and go visit that space. Um, it is amazing. Do you, do you want people to call ahead of time? How do you, how do you want that if they want to come? 
see the They space absolutely or... can call me. The number is 623-465-5875, or you can email me directly. It's Melanie at PeacefulSpiritCenter.com. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much, and thank you for opening up your space and your home and everything and making such an amazing haven for people to go to. I know that it has served me on many, many occasions. So we will, um, we will absolutely direct people that way, and thank you so much for joining us, Melanie. It's been a delight to reconnect with you. Thank you so much, Tonya. Very cool. And to all of our listeners, thank you. As always, we appreciate your loyalty. Until next time, take care. You're listening to the Power Up Podcast with your superpower experts. This is the place where we explore real-life superpowers and give you the tools to unlock your own.